how do you lead in a way that actually helps your leaders grow? What do your leaders need from you at each stage of their development? If you want to answer those questions, then you've come to the right place because that's what we're talking about today on the Simple Kid Men Podcast, episode 17. Hey gang, welcome back to the Simple Kid Men Podcast, the podcast where we take the complicated world of children's ministry and we boil it down to the things that matter the most. I'm your host, Jason Byerly, and I am super excited that you have stopped by today to join me in this conversation about leadership. doesn't matter what the shape and size of your ministry is, this is a transferable principle that you can use wherever, however you're leading, whether you have one leader that you're leading or a hundred leaders that you're leading, you can apply this principle and put it to work for you. Now, today we are talking about helping leaders grow and adapting our leadership style to lead them well at each stage of their growth. Now, this is one of the biggest mistakes I made early on as a leader. I tried to lead new leaders in the same way I would lead children's ministry veterans, which was a complete disaster. And this leadership tool that I'm going to tell you about today, well, it'll help you to avoid the trap I fell into and allow you to really maximize your influence on the folks you lead. Before we dive in today, I want to tell you about something I am super pumped about. It is a brand new family devotion website that I have just launched called Family Jetpack, Devotions to Boost Your Faith. Now, this is a free resource that you can recommend to families in your church who are looking for creative, Bible-based family devotions to do with their kids. Now, each month we'll have a different series with a fun theme for the month and then weekly devotions in that theme that parents can have sent straight to their inbox if they sign up for the newsletter. Now you can check it out at familyjetpack.com. Our first series is a Christmas series called Backstage Bethlehem, Discovering the Majesty Behind the Manger. And in Backstage Bethlehem, we're gonna dive into the awesome picture of who the Bible says Jesus really is. Not just a cute baby in a nativity set, but the mind-blowing, all-powerful creator, king, and God in the flesh. Now, if you're listening to this after Christmas, we'll be in a whole new series by then. So go check it out, familyjetpack.com. I hope it's a blessing for you and the families in your church. Okay, speaking of blessing your church today, I'm going to share with you a leadership concept that I got from a book called Building a Discipling Culture by Mike Breen and Steve Cockrum. Now, our church did some discipleship training with these guys several years ago, like eight, 10 years ago. And this was one of those gold nuggets that I took from that time and have used ever since. Now, in the book, they use shapes to illustrate different discipleship principles. And this one is called the Leadership Square. And it's basically just an illustration of how you take someone who is brand new to leadership and how you help them to grow to become a mature, confident, competent leader. It's really kind of a picture of how you replace yourself in leadership. Now, if you want to see the illustration of the Leadership Square, you can check it out on the show notes over at simplekidmen.com. Just go to the podcast tab, look for episode 17. I'll also put a link in there if you want to check out Building a Discipling Culture, which goes deeper into this concept and some other really good ones. Okay, so to get us started, I want you to imagine that you have just met a brand new leader in children's ministry for the very first time. Imagine they have no experience, but they love God and they love kids and just want to make a difference for the kingdom. What do they need from you to get them started on the right foot? And then how do you help them continue to develop and grow where eventually you've replaced yourself or at least replace yourself in one area of responsibility by equipping this leader? The leadership square is a clear path on how to do that. 
And even if you want to lose the whole square shape concept, you can just think of this as four stages of growth. Okay, here we go. Stage one in the leadership square. Now I've put a phrase to kind of go with this that I think would represent somebody who's in this stage. And my phrase for this one is, woohoo, this is gonna be fun. Now, people in stage one are really excited about serving, but they have no idea what they're doing. They're brand new to this. And so they need highly directive leadership to help teach them the ropes so that they'll have the capacity to grow down the road. Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people in Matthew 4, 19. And the disciples were like, okay, cool. They really had no idea what they were doing, but they were following Jesus. They were excited, and Jesus gave them really specific instructions, highly directive leadership at the beginning of their discipleship journey. Now, another example of this is me learning to drive a stick shift when I was in high school. Now, my dad told me he was gonna take me out on a country road one day, he was gonna teach me to drive a stick, and I thought, this is going to be awesome, easy peasy, half an hour out there, I will have it down, no problem. Super excited to learn, super excited to go on this new adventure, but I was clueless. People in this stage have what's called unconscious incompetence. I don't know what I don't know. I'm super excited, but have no idea what I'm doing. Now here's an example. This is the college student who volunteers to lead a fifth grade boys small group. And he's really excited about investing in his guys, but he has no idea how hard it's going to be. It's the new storyteller who's never been on stage before. He's really enthusiastic about teaching the Bible, but she doesn't know how tough it's going to be to work to keep kids' attention. Okay, so you have a volunteer like this that you're discipling, that you're leading. What do they need from you? Well, here's what level one leadership looks like. High direction. Tell them specifically what to do and how it needs to be done. High example, put them with a veteran leader, whether that's you or someone else who is kind of an expert in what they're training to do, and let them watch. This stage is really, I do, you watch, learn from my example. It's low consensus. This is not a time to ask people's opinions because they have no idea what they're doing. And low explanation. You don't have to give them a lot of reasons for everything at this point. It's just do this, then do this and that will set them up for a path of learning and growing. Now, a huge mistake that I made early on was I would have brand new leaders and I did not want to micromanage them, so I would give them tremendous amount of freedom and it was a huge mistake because then they would fail, I would be frustrated, and really it was my fault because I didn't give them the direction that they needed. They needed very clear, specific instructions and they needed to see some examples in front of them of how they could win in this leadership role. Okay, let's move into stage two. Now the phrase that I've put with stage two is, wow, this is hard. Now, if you think about the example of the disciples who are super excited to follow Jesus, eventually it moves into stage two where Jesus starts sharing hard teaching in John 6, and then people start to leave. John 6.35 says that on hearing it, many of the disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? So ministry gets hard, and when it gets hard, we really just want to give up and go do something that's fun and will take us back to that first stage where we don't really have any idea what we're doing but we're having a lot of fun doing it. 
Now, if you think about the example of me learning to drive a stick, this is me when my dad has me out on a steep hill on a gravel road, and he's making me stop the car and take off on the hill without letting the car roll backwards. I'm trying to figure out how to work the clutch and the gas just the right combination while shifting and trying to get the car to take off without rolling us back into a ditch. And then I was really bad at it. And it kind of freaked me out. I was ready to give up and go back to just driving an automatic. It was really frustrating. Now, people in this stage have what is called conscious incompetence. Now they start to know what they don't know. And they're not sure if it's going to get any better. It can be really discouraging. The example from children's ministry would be, this is your fifth grade boy small group leader who has completely lost control of the group and they're running all over him. It's your new storyteller who steps up in front of a group of kindergarten through second grade kids for the first time and says, who wants to hear a story? And a couple of kids yell, not me. And then she gets flustered and completely forgets what she's going to say and walks off at the end of the lesson feeling like a total failure. In this stage, it's really tempting to give up and to go do something that makes you feel good again. That's where this disciple needs very specific leadership. Now, the level two leadership really is the role of a visionary coach. High direction still, still giving them specifics on what to do, but also high discussion. Talk about it. What's working? What's not working? And why? High example. You still want to give them an example of um, how do you deal with kids who um, try to disrupt your lesson? How do you deal with fifth grade boys who just want to be throwing things at each other instead of listening to whatever it is that you're trying to teach or discuss? So it's showing them that, talking about it, working through those. And then here's the other thing that they need from you as a leader when they're in this stage, high accessibility. They just need time with you. They need you to encourage them and they need your presence. And here's a quote from Building a Discipling Culture that I think sums it up great. It says, leaders need to be there to offer God's grace and encouragement. At this point, there is a ladder the leader can offer to bring his disciples out of the pit. The two rungs on this ladder are grace and vision. Okay, so basically we need to give them permission to be bad at this, to try it and to fail and to learn and to grow. We need to remind them of God's grace and we need to be very graceful to them and give them the vision for why they need to stick with it and why it's worth it to persevere through the tough parts because there's really good stuff if they can be persistent and grow through it. And so I would say this level of leadership is probably one of the most critical because this is where people just get discouraged, give up. Maybe they quit children's ministry or maybe they go try a new role and they just never actually grow. Because, you know, most of us grow through hard things. That's how Jesus really refines our leadership, refines our heart, refines um, just our spiritual character. And it's really tempting to give up. So great leaders lead people through the second stage so that they can go on to stage three. Now, stage three, the phrase that I put with that one is, okay, I can do this. Now, Jesus said to the disciples in John 15, 15, he said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything I learned from my father, I've made known to you. And in this stage, it's not just us directing folks who are serving with us, we're really now bringing them to a higher stage of leadership where it's more collaborative, where they have more input and they have more freedom. Now, for me, this is where I started to learn to drive a stick, but I had to think about it every time I changed gears. The uh, words that really characterize this stage are conscious competence. I can do it, but I have to think about it. 
Now, in our children's ministry example, this is the fifth grade boys leader who's starting to get control of his group of boys. He's learning behavioral redirection strategies. He's learning how to uh, have fun with them and be crazy, but how to reel them back in. And he's learning to take advantage of teachable moments and not to expect that every minute of his group will be a teachable moment, but he can recognize them when they come, pounce on that opportunity, and use that to deposit some truth into his small group's hearts. For the storyteller, now she's really planning out her lessons at this point. She practices a lot. Remember, this is conscious competence. I have to think about what I'm doing. And she builds some strategic ways into her lesson to get the kids' attention back if she loses them. She's really thinking about this and really working hard to get good at it. And you can start to see it in the fruit of the stories that she's teaching. Okay, some words that would describe people in the stage is that they have increasing enthusiasm. They have growing experience, intermittent confidence, and growing competence. So what do they need from you and from me? Well, in stage three, they need lower direction. They're getting the vision in them. They're well-trained by you now, so you don't have to tell them how to do every little thing. You don't have to micromanage them. Higher consensus. Now that they have some experience and know what they're talking about, their ideas are, are valuable. So you'll want to listen to that and, and solicit feedback and get their perspective because they understand the goal and the vision of what they're going for and what the what a win looks like in the ministry. And also like the second stage, this is a high accessibility stage. These leaders are your friends or they're friends with a coach or a point leader or whoever's leading them. They're doing life some outside of Sunday mornings and getting to know the folks they're serving with and talking about what they're doing and how they can get better at it, how they can better serve the kids. Okay, that brings us to the last stage, stage four. And the phrase that I put with this is, I'm ready to fly. When you can help someone grow to this stage, it's an awesome thing to watch. You've replaced yourself at this point, and that is incredibly satisfying as a leader. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, therefore, go make disciples of all nations. At this point, Jesus is giving the disciples the keys to the kingdom, and he is just telling them to go for it, go do it. And in much the same way, that's what you're doing as you release someone in the stage four role to really soar in their leadership. Now, if you think about my example of learning to drive a stick shift, this is me once I got to that place driving a stick where I didn't even have to think about having to change gears. My dad was no longer in the car with me and I was working the clutch and shifting and not giving it a second thought. And now, even to this day, that would be automatic for me. The two words that are really descriptive of this stage are unconscious competence. When you're experienced enough and good enough at something, you don't even have to think about it. And when you can help people to get to this stage and you just see that skill and vision is so ingrained in them, it's so cool to watch because they're really mastering an element of leadership or ministry. Now at this point, that fifth grade boys leader he might become a coach or help you train other leaders. He might be the guy that you're putting new leaders with to be the example. He may be a core leader on your team who helps make decisions, helps you plan in ministry. Or he may just be a Jedi in that fifth grade boys small group and continues to invest in them and their families in just deeper and deeper ways. That storyteller we've been talking about in stage four, she's mesmerizing. She's just completely captivating the kids she's teaching because she knows how to correctly handle God's word and engage an audience. Her lessons are fun and powerful, and she may be rewriting them extensively to make them better 
or contributing a lot of great input on your curriculum and helping to train other storytellers. Why? Because she knows this stuff inside and out and she knows what works with the kids and what doesn't. And so she's incredibly valuable to your team because of her expertise. Now, stage four, it's characterized by high enthusiasm for good reasons, not just because it's new and fun. I'm enthusiastic because I'm seeing fruit in what I'm doing at this stage. High confidence in this, this person because they know what they're doing. You've trained them. High experience. They're bringing a lot of experience to the table and high competence. They really are experts in their area of ministry. So at this point, you may be asking, well, what do they need from me? What can I possibly give someone who is leading at this level? Well, they need delegation. People at this stage, they're ready for authority and responsibility. So one of the hardest things that we need to do at this stage is just release that authority and responsibility and trust our leaders. And if you can be a control freak, which many of us who love excellence and want to see things go really well can be, that can be really tough. And so it requires trust. But hopefully by this point, you have a great relationship with those leaders. You've seen what they can do. You know the DNA of the ministry is in them. So you can release with joy, knowing that they may be able to do this way better than you ever could. And that's kind of how the body of Christ works, right? So what do they need from us? Well, they need low direction. They know what they're doing. Uh, they need high consensus. These are your core leaders. So these are the people you'll process hard decisions with about the ministry or changes or things that um, may be impacting your ministry from the greater life of the church. And maybe service times are changing or maybe discipleship strategy is changing. And these are the people that you're going to really go deep with and say, well, what does that mean for us in children's ministry? Low example. They don't need your example anymore because, you know, now they're really setting the example because they're so good. And then high explanation. You know, this is where you're giving them so much of the why behind what you're doing so that they can go and kind of carry the vision along with you and for you. Now, at this stage, you're going to avoid micromanaging and you'll just want to let people do ministry and continue to evaluate from a distance and make yourself available for troubleshooting, but really they're leading in that area. You know, if you have challenge for them or you have things that you see that aren't going well, you guys can have those great honest conversations because you have the relationship there too. But basically you've trained them up, you've given them increasing levels of responsibility, and now they can really own it. You've replaced yourself, which is how ministry is supposed to work, right? I mean, we develop people, we help them to grow, then we get out of the way and go pioneer something else and raise up new leaders there and walk them through the same process. I will say this about these stages of leadership. It's not like anybody is just in one stage because there may be multiple things they're doing and they may be in one stage in one role, but they may be in another stage in another role. So for instance, your storyteller may be in D4 as a Jedi ninja storyteller of the Bible. However, now you're starting to give them new storytellers to train. They may be in D1 as a trainer. So they have one skill that they've really mastered and really have excelled in, but now you're giving them new responsibilities. So they may be starting all over with that. So just keep in mind that it doesn't really apply across the board because people have multiple responsibilities and multiple roles they play, and they may be in multiple places on this. So that's it. Take some time to process this. Think about who you're developing right now. What stage are they in? And are you leading them in a way that gives them what they need to grow to the next level? That's really what it comes down to. Today's simple takeaway is help your leaders to go to the next level. Our Bible verse is 1 Corinthians 11.1, which says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And that's really the model of discipleship that God put in place in the church that we're continuing to pursue examples of 
folks who are following Jesus and who are growing in their leadership. We're copying that in our life. We're growing. And then we're turning around and offering that example to people who are coming up behind us. And we're all just continuing to grow together in the body and ultimately glorifying God along the way. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you found this helpful, subscribe or leave a review over in iTunes. I want to give a shout out right now to Kids on the Rock for your encouraging words over on iTunes. Here's what they wrote. This is my go-to podcast for kids men. We are a medium-sized ministry and I feel so often lost in the shuffle of most kids ministry materials. They often are marketed to churches much larger than ours. Thank you for your sound insight and wisdom. Wow, that really genuinely means a lot to me because I have a heart for every shape and size of children's ministry. And I really do my best to share transferable principles that all of us can put to use. So Kids on the Rock, keep up the awesome work with God's kids. And for everybody that's listening today, whether you have one other leader you're serving with in your ministry or a thousand leaders that you're responsible for, I hope you have a fantastic week helping the people that you have been entrusted with to grow. I'll see you back here next time. I'll